What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. What is going on, Bills Mafia? It is your host, AJ Sabalski. A lot to talk about um, today. Uh, you know, the, the last couple of days, I have been at St. John Fisher um, watching the past couple of practices. Pads went on today. If you're listening on audio um, after the show, I appreciate it. Um, please continue that support. It's been great seeing all the you know viewers after the show on, on all the audio platforms. I greatly appreciate it. Um, it's been a, it's been a great thing to have. Um, so before we get started, uh, shout out to my good friend. I got to stay up in Rochester. So I, I, I am thankful for that because I got to attend, uh, Sunday, Monday, and then my last day is tomorrow. The bills have off Wednesday. Um, and then they resume practice on Thursday. Um, but, but what a couple days it's been, um, you know, the fans at St. John Fisher have been great. The environment's been great. The crowd has been, you know, it's, it's, it's been packed there the last couple of days. Um, but I want to start with the big topic for me that I've noticed, and that is the rookie tight end, Dalton Kincaid. Um, I mean, f- for the for him to fall to the Bills, and, you know, he was projected to be a top 15 pick last year in the NFL draft. Um, for him to fall to the Bills and for him to, for them to get, Kincaid at that position, trading up in the in the mid twenties to select the uh, rookie tight end, he's been remarkable. Um, not only has he, you know, not dropped the ball, um, not only has he done well in team drills and been an impact, but I mean, besides Stephon Diggs, he has been the main target um, for Josh Allen. He's, you know, the, the rapport is already getting there. The connection you see between them, um, you know, it's already it's already blooming, and it's going to be such a huge thing. Um, in terms of just the total, you know, the offense in, in general, the offense is just going to be, it, there's a lot of variables that are playing into the offense this year and adding Kincaid to this offense and what he can do over the middle and what he can do underneath and yards after the catch and all stuff like that. I mean, you see it in full swing um, today. He had another great day uh, during team drills, a great reception over the middle, turned it upfield, got the extra yardage. So a really solid day from the rookie tight end. Um, you know, Dawson Knox spoke on it, his route running ability, his, you know, his ability to use leverage, find the hole in the zone. He's been able to do that. Um, he's He's been dominant during, you know, team drills. He's been on the field a lot. They've been using a lot of 12 personnel with Dalton Kincaid, um, you know, and then yesterday he also had a very nice play, finding a spot in the zone right next to Terrell Dodson. Allen fires a bullet. Dodson or Kincaid comes back to the ball with his hands you know, his sure hands that, you know, he has not dropped the ball yet, like I mentioned, and gets upfield for an extra 10 yards. So Dalton Kincaid is looking the part. Um, he's going to be a huge, huge, huge boost for this offense. And it's it's, it's only going to be up from here. I mean, he's, he's a rookie tight end. Uh, expectations for rookie tight ends aren't high. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he's going to, you know, get 75 catches, 800 yards, and 10 touchdowns. I mean, that, that might be, you know, an overreaction. Um, it's still early in training camp, but his ability – to play the game of football and know where to be. He just has the game sense. And, and you can tell, I think the team gets that vibe. I think Allen gets that vibe. That's why Allen's so comfortable. 
Um, he, he's already been a reliable target for Josh. So it's just been incredible to see, you, you know, the Bills are, are, are weird with the first-round picks. Kyer Elam, I'll get to later. Um, they've been weird with the first-round picks in the past, Greg Rousseau. Um, so Dalton Kincaid might be the person that finally is that gem first-round pick that the Bills have kind of been looking for. And no one in the pre-draft process thought the tight end was an option. Nobody. It was either, you know, people thought receiver, uh, Jordan Addison, but all those guys went, you know, 2021, 20, 22, 23. So the Bills had to make a move, get a, you know, established pass catching weapon for Josh Allen. And Don Kincaid has been that um, since, you know, even I haven't, been, I wasn't there the first three days, but from what I heard and people I've talked to, each day he's just been so consistent and so dominant that it makes you wonder can he be, can he be that safety net for Josh Allen that the Bills were missing so much last year? Obviously, Cole Beasley, the loss of Cole Beasley last season was evident. Um, Isaiah McKenzie could not find an established role in the offense. He was his ability to, you know, do the things that Cole Beasley was asked to do was not in McKenzie's kind of role. He didn't understand how to do it. He couldn't he couldn't do it at a at a good pace or good rate. He he, he struggled with it. So to bring in a guy like Dalton Kincaid who can do all those things who can be that safety net um, for Josh Allen. It's, it's, it's just amazing that, you know, I, I still can't believe that he fell to the bills in the, in the twenties because he was a lot of people's, you know, a lot of people I respect, I listened to, they had this guy going top 15, top 20. So for that, for the bills to get him, he's going to be an instant impact player. Like I said, and I expect big things from him. Will they be, will he set some records? He possibly could because he's in an offense where, there's a plethora of weapons, which I also get to later, that can get it done. Unlike previous years, where it was kind of like, well, if you take away Diggs, Allen, go ahead and figure it out, and that was kind of the plan. Now I think with Trent Sherfield, with Deontay Hardy, with the addition of Kincaid, with you know a, a rejuvenated interior offensive line, the Bills. I, I got I got asked a question today, and and someone asked me, does it look like Josh Allen doesn't have to do as much? And, and my response to that was. The second that the Bills brought in all these guys that I previously mentioned, that was when Josh Allen wasn't going to be asked to do as much because these guys have you know versatile skill sets. Trent Sherfield can play the X, the slot, the boundary. He can do all those things. Um, Dante Hardy is another guy. You can use him in jet sweep. You, you can use him in motion pre-snap and get him out in space for a little, you know, in, in the flat and get yards upfield. He's, he's got speed. He's got game sense. Um, so just a very overall – the, the the talent they brought in so far has just been so dynamic and you see it day in, day out. Um, so that, that that's my first thought in terms of Don Kincaid and what he can do. Um, in addition to my dad, in addition to Kincaid looking so strong, I hear that Gabe Davis is looking really good too. Yeah, that's what I'm going to get to next actually. So I will uh, switch to that. Gabe Davis today had a day himself. Um, you know, the fourth year receiver, Big year for him. A lot of naysayers don't think he can be a wide receiver too, or he's not an elite wide receiver too. Um, I beg to differ. I think he can be a top 10 wide receiver too. I think he is a borderline top 10 wide receiver too now. I think he can still get to that next level. The ankle looked fresh today um, during team drills. Allen found Gabe Davis three times in a row. One time Gabe Davis was lined up in the slot, um, which ties into this whole Ken Dorsey's creativity aspect of you know, the offense where you're seeing more guys go to different spots. You never, you never see Gabe Davis land across from Teron Johnson in the slot doing a quick out route. 
or, you know, getting, you know, getting open in, in the slot and getting, you know, a nice seven yard game. Gabe Davis is always the big hitter, the guy that you, you go to when you want, want the big play to go downfield over a, in a post route, a deep, you know, a streak route, all that stuff. But Gabe Davis today during team three for three, uh, Allen, to, Allen to Davis, um, you know, Trey White was on, it was guarding him twice and Teron Johnson was on him once, obviously the seven yard slot uh, reception from Davis and that. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. The play of the day or one of the plays of the day was the Allen delivery to Gabe Davis over Trey White's head. Um, Allen's done a really good job so far of giving his receivers a chance they haven't been getting the greatest separation and they have separators like Deontay Hardy's a great separator. Diggs is a great separator, but Davis, Davis isn't the guy that you're going to, he's not going to get a lot of separation, but he can win it with his size and his hands and his height. And that that's what he did today. Allen delivered a rope right over Trey White's head. Um, and Gabe Davis came down with it and ran to the end zone for a touchdown. Um, and obviously the offense was happy with that. Josh Allen ran on the field, hands in the air, um, and, and yesterday they, they had some trouble, Allen and uh, Davis. They had some trouble on their uh, back shoulder throws. Uh, they were, they were kind of having some difficulty figuring out how to time it perfectly where Allen can deliver the ball to it. Gabe Davis's back shoulder and, and on time. So it was good to see today that, that, that improved in Allen and Davis. I mean, that that's a connection that the bills are going to need to have. Um, he's a, he's a big time receiver. He's the second option on this team. And for him to keep getting those reps in, in the offseason, get, you know, his ankle back to 100%, which he says he is. Um, and in the comment when Stefan Diggs said, if I wasn't here, he'd be the wide receiver one. Um, I think that was kind of a mic drop for Gabe Davis to the, to the fans, to the media and say, look, I do have what it takes to be an elite player in this league. I can do it. The ankle hindered me last year. And I didn't even play bad that, you know, he's like, I didn't even play that bad last year. It was obviously a little over-exaggerated because of the pressure on the offense the pressure on the team. When you're, when you're the second receiver behind Stefan Diggs, you're going to have that added pressure to be great when Stefan Diggs is getting taken away. And Dave's had at times last year trouble doing that. So he's had a really strong start to camp, you know, really good overall day today. He's only going to get better. And I think that with this, nagging angle entry finally going away. I think there's some big things for the uh, Gabe Davis. Uh, Brandon Borden in the chat here. Um, how are you feeling about guard? Torrance looking good. Yeah, so to start the day in the initial uh, portion of practice, Ryan Bates did get the start at right guard, but it was kind of like a walkthrough, slow session. It wasn't really, you know, much physicality, yet, even with the pads on. But once it turned to pad, or once they actually did team drills and we're playing 11 on 11, you know, back and forth, Torrance did get the majority of the reps. He looks good. He has a strong anchor. Um, he stood up at Oliver, who I'll get to later as well, was one of the best players on the field um, on defense today. But Osiris Torrance did a really good job, um, you know, in, in the interior, opening holes. You can tell he's a mauler. He, he attacks the, the linebackers at the second level, the safeties 
all that stuff. So he he's doing what you ask of him, and I think he is the leader in the clubhouse right now for the right guard battle, if, if I'm being honest with you. I think Bates is so important in terms of his versatility. He can back up. You know, he, he, he got some reps at center today. Um, with, with Mitch, Mitch Morris must have been taking a break or something like that, and McGovern and uh, Bates were two – or McGovern and Torrance – were the guards with Bates at center. So I think Bates offers that versatility where you can put him at right guard, left guard, if one of Torrance or McGovern get down, goes down. Mitch Morris, if he, you know, the concussion issues, that's a big thing that they weren't, they had, a, they had players last year, but they, you know, weren't good centers. They weren't, it, it cost them games sometimes. Like the Minnesota game, that, that cost them. There were times when uh, the Jets game, that, that cost them the, the lack of Mitch Morris in the offense. So, uh, so Osiris Torrance, really good day today. Um, and then Ryan Bates, like I said, offers the versatility at every position. Um, I, I'm really happy with that. Moving on to the other part of the offensive line that really stood out to me was Spencer Brown. The biggest concern, I think, for most Bills fans is the depth behind Spencer Brown. What what player? Brandon Shell, David Questenberry. Um, are other players um, that can step up and fill that role if Spencer Brown goes out? Uh, Spencer Brown had a really good day today, and he looked good yesterday. Uh, um, his ability in the run game, his ability in space. Uh, the first play of teams today was a pitch to the to the left to James Cook. Spencer Brown got out in space, found Trey White. He could he could have he could have tossed him. Like I'm going to be honest, he, if you know Trey, Spencer Brown's six seven, three hundred plus pounds, um, with a lot of athletic you know athletic ability and speed and strength, um, and he got on Trey White. Great technique. Great block and sprung James Cook free for a 20-yard gain. Um, so beautiful start for Spencer Brown. It's what you want to see when your your front office and your coaching staff was so set on this guy being that right tackle, that guy that could come back from a back injury and do the things you asked him to do when you drafted him. Um, it, it's a really good thing to see Spencer Brown getting those reps that he wasn't getting last year and making the most of them, getting comfortable um, and in the passing game, in, in terms of pass pro, probably his biggest weakness is an offensive lineman. It, there hasn't been a noticeable, like, wow, the right side of the line is doing really bad today. Like, I haven't watched any part of team. I mean, I, I've noticed Deion Dawkins getting beat a little bit even more than Spencer Brown. Dawkins a little inconsistent today. Leonard Floyd was getting, you know, some good reps with him. But, I mean, on the right side, Spencer Brown was holding his own, and I, I really think he he's done a good job. Um, reading some of the comments Oh, another question from Brandon. Moving to the cornerback uh, room. What's up uh, with the mind games with Elam? Sounds like he's good thus far. At one point, the Bills just wasting reps with this rotation. All right, I'm going to address the CB2 battle right now. So, obviously, Dane Jackson has been getting the majority of the reps. And you, you everyone might think I'm crazy for this, but I, I think it's – I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think Dane Jackson is a good – bad football player by any means. Jordan Poyer in his press conference um, after Friday's practice said, talking about the guys that have been there. He's played with all these guys for years. Matt Milano, Trey White's been there, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer's name, all these guys. And he mentioned Dane Jackson. I think what Dane Jackson can bring to the secondary room and to this, you know, this whole DB room is he's been there for years. Sean McDermott trusts him um, to do what he is asked to do. And that's what he's done. He's, he's going to get beat. That's what, you know, you're going to, your cornerback, when you have Trey White across from you, teams are going to target the second corner. That's what happens. He's not the most freakishly athletic guy. He's not going to, you know, he's not that good with, in man coverage necessarily because he, you know, he can get beat with speed, but his ability to play zone, nowhere to be, and 
cause havoc and make plays. Uh, yesterday, had a great pass breakup and recovery on Gabe Davis in the end zone. Um, just a beautiful play, causing Gabe Davis to, you know, d- just got a little finger on it, moved the ball a little bit. Gabe Davis dropped it. Gabe Davis right after gave props to Jackson. So Dane Jackson, I think, has had a really good camp so far. He's done a really good job. Um, he's been consistent. He's he's at whatever he's asked to do, he's doing. Um, so that's my take on Dane Jackson. On the Kyrie Elam front, I mean, the, the thing with Kyrie, it's, it's a struggle for me, is he has the, the intangibles. He has the speed. Um, he has the fiery competitiveness to him today. Um, he shut down Diggs in a one-on-one, and Diggs was pretty upset about it because, you know, he, Elam was in his ear, like, chirping him, like, in his, in his ear, they were going back and forth. So the next rep, Diggs went out there with Elam on him and says, Dig, Diggs goes, Elam, I want you. Diggs torched him. Um, you know, faked it upfield, a little hitch route, six-yard hitch route. Elam was lost in the dust. Of course, when Diggs won the rep, he started going at Elam. They started bickering back and forth. Um, and it was pretty funny because <laughs> Elam – you know, you, you, when you know you're a first-round pick and you're kind of in this situation, I think showing fire and pedigree and competitiveness is a good thing. Um, but, I mean, picking picking stuff with Stephon Diggs, one of the best receivers in the league, I love the confidence from Elam, but it was a pretty fun, funny um, exchange there. But in terms of Elam's play for the, the last couple of days, yesterday, uh, inconsistent. He had his moments where he looked like he knew what he was doing. He was attacking. He had a couple pass breakups. But at the same time, during one team session yesterday, Josh Allen looked at Kyrie Elam's uh, way three times and Elam, you know, allowed two receptions. Diggs and Davis, one of each got about five to six yards separation. Elam, you know, made the play, but made the tackle, the tackle. Um, but he's just been too inconsistent for me. I, I think the the problem with Elam is, and it goes back to what Brandon Bean said, has said this offseason. He's been too inconsistent as a practice player. Dane Jackson, you know what you're going to get. Kyrie Elam may have a higher ceiling, but Dane Jackson's floor is higher than Kyrie Elam's. I, I th- and that's truly what I think it comes down to. And when you have guys that are so talented in the secondary already with Teron Johnson, with Jordan Poyer, with Micah Hyde, um, that that's going to account for, you know, maybe we don't need the most, you know, the guy that can make the big play or the, or the splash play or be the, you know, quick, quick, uh, you know, corner that can play press man and do all that stuff. Maybe you just need the reliable guy with the higher floor that you know what you're going to get out of him week in, week out. So right now, I mean, I think it is Dane Jackson's battle to lose. I think he's not secured it because it's an open competition. They haven't named the cornerback two yet. It's still a long way from camp. Kyrie Elam could most definitely make a push. I mean, he was a first round pick. He's, he's made plays last year when he was in there. And that's the confusion um, amongst fans, I think is, he did make splash plays last year, but at the same time, there was also moments where he was lost and they want that to be fixed. And if that doesn't get fixed, how can you trust the guy? He might make the splash play, but is he reliable? That's where I think the difference right now is with Dane Jackson and Kyrie Elam. Um, and then Christian Benford, great start to camp, but he got all second team reps today. I, I mean, he's another guy like, look, if, if you can get Elam and Benford by the end of this training camp to to be somewhat productive or, you know, they've been productive, but I mean, you can trust them. You can trust them in your system and you can trust to put them out there on game days. I'd be okay with saying, Hey, Dane, look, 
you, you're a good player. We got you on a one-year contract. Maybe he, he becomes expendable. Maybe there's a trade partner for Dane Jackson down the road if you can really truly trust Christian Benford and Kyrie Elam. But until that happens, I just don't see Dane Jackson going anywhere. I think he's a lock on this roster, obviously. But I just think he brings that higher floor than Kyrie Elam, and that's what I think is setting them apart right now. We'll see with camp moving forward how that turns out. Um, let's see some more questions here. Um, oh, did I notice any tension on the field today? Uh, yes, Marissa, I did. The Kyrie Elam and Stefan Diggs exchange was pretty heated. That 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 was the most heated part of, of practice. Um, so that was that was pretty a pretty fun note. I, I love I love to see the competitive nature. Diggs is fiery, Elam is fiery. Um, so so it was good to see. Um, and speaking of Stefan Diggs, I mean, what can I say? <laughs> Put put the drama. I mean, put the drama to the side. It's over with. You know, like like Stefan Diggs said, it's water under the bridge. Don't let the national media uh, control that narrative that there's an issue here or something like that. Stefan Diggs is, you know, been the best player on the field the last two days. Um, he's just incredible at route running. Um, his competitiveness, his willingness to teach the young guys, you know, constantly in guys' ears, in in the, in the receivers' ears, in his room. Be better. Do this. Do that. Learn from this. Learn from that. Gabe Davis said in his press conference the other day that he's like a best friend, his big brother. Um, so Stefan Diggs, his leadership, you've seen it throughout all of training camp. Um, he caught a 60-yard bomb from Josh Allen today on Dane Jackson. I know I was just talking good about Dane Jackson. But Stefan Diggs, you know, fake – it was like a, was like a um, good route and caught it brought it in for the end zone for a touchdown. So it was a, it was a really good play from Diggs. He also later in team caught one over the middle on a slant right behind Tron Johnson, found the spot in the zone. And Diggs was, Diggs was hype. Like he was flexing through the ball in the air. He was, he was really, really like excited about that play. So Ken Dorsey must've, you know, drawn something up that was exceptional. And speaking of Ken Dorsey, um, I want to go to a play from yesterday's practice. That was just incredible. I wrote it in my takeaway article. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Ken Dorsey, um, his creativity so far has been, you know, unbelievable. I think besides that Philly special today that almost got, you know, the quarterback hurt when Teron Johnson made a hit on him and the whole St. John Fisher went absolutely quiet. Ken Dorsey's had a really good training camp. I think he's shown different looks. He's shown a lot of 12 personnel, a lot of pre-snap motion, a lot of, you know, like I said earlier, lining up Gabe Davis in the slot. When have you ever seen that? You've never seen that. Um, So he's doing a multitude of things. 
to trick the defense. And, 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 the, and the defense has been a little bit more aggressive with Sean McDermott. Um, so a play from yesterday, um, it, it led to a Josh Allen 40-yard rushing touchdown. He was under center. Uh, he sent wide receiver Deontay Hardy in motion. Um, they snapped the ball. He faked the handoff to running back Damian Harris, then faked the end around to Deontay Hardy. Um, so, you, you know, Deontay Hardy's going this way. The defense went that way. But Josh Allen was the one that had the ball. Dawkins pinned his guy outside, and Allen skirted to the end zone for a touchdown. Beautiful play, beautiful play design. Um, just just a perfect play call. I, I don't think I've ever seen a fake handoff, fake end around, and your quarterback keeps it and goes the other way. I mean, Allen – I'm not saying Allen could have walked in from 40 yards, but he could have done a light jog and, and gotten close to the pylon. Obviously, he ran his butt off and dove into the end zone and got the touchdown. So, really nice play from Dorsey. Um, so he, he's just been really good at, at designing plays, a lot of pre-snap motion, like I said, using guys all over the place. Um, and, and, and I think it helps when you add such talent in the offseason. He wasn't working with a lot last year. He doesn't have to rely on, like I said, Cole Brown or Cole Brown, Cole Beasley or John Brown. Those are guys that, you know, they're Cole Beasley's on the Giants and John Brown, I don't even think has a, a job in the NFL. So to bring in all the a plethora of playmakers across the board in the tight end room, running back room, receiver room, I think he's just done a great job of using that so far. And hopefully they can continue to build on that. And I'm looking forward to tomorrow um, to see what happens. Um, any more questions here? Are we playing a 3-3-5 defense? No. So it's been a lot of base, nickel. Um, a lot of Teron Johnson on the field. Uh, you've, I've seen that a lot. You know, it's base nickel defense. But it has been a more aggressive one with that. So they are playing their base defense, but they're, you know, they're sending pressure. Um, they're, they're sending seven at some time. So they're, they're being more, more aggressive on the defense side of the ball. At Oliver, like I said today, best player on the defensive line. Um, you know, went a rep against Osiris Torrance and in, in um, offense, O line versus D line um, before team drills today. And during team, blew up a whole screen pass, and Allen had to throw off his back foot and threw it in the dirt. So just an overall good day from Ed Oliver. Um, you know, getting that contract. I think if he can stay healthy and put it all together, he's he's in for a good year, and they need that um, because if Ed Oliver can you know take that next step with the Quan Jones, the addition of Puna Ford, who made. The, the pick six yesterday, which, you know, Bill's Mafia was freaking out. They wanted to see the video. It, it was pretty funny. Puna Ford picked off Matt Barkley. Josh Allen was in the middle of the field, chased Puna Ford the whole way down the field and tried to strip him of the ball. And it, you know, didn't go too well. Puna Ford held on to it. And Allen, you know, was pr uh, pretty upset about it. But, but, you know, overall good day from from the interior defensive line the last couple of days. Uh, Puna Ford, like I said, he flashed. Ed Oliver's been the best player in the defensive line. Um, so that that's – that's where the, the defensive line at and where the scheme is at. I really think it's just going to be a more aggressive um, a defense that that knows how they like. Listen, Mike, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer and Trey White and Matt Milano, they've been in this system for so long and it's worked for so long. And I get it. Leslie Frazier's not here anymore. And there's going to be some wrinkles. And Micah Hyde has said that, uh, you know, in his press conference the other day, there's going to be some things that are different. But at the end of the day, you know, it's it's going to be a pretty similar defense, just a, a little bit more of an aggressive one. So that's where I'm at with the defense. They've done they've done good. The Jordan Poyer made a great play yesterday on, on a Josh Allen on a Josh Allen throw in the red zone, picked them right off. Great play by Jordan Poyer. Um, 32 years old, he still got it. So um, the defenses look good, but I will tell you this: I think the offense has won the last two days, and I'm very I'm very pleased with 
how Dorsey has utilized all of the weapons and putting, you know, the players in good spots to, to get yards after the catch and, and do things that they've, they've actively been talking about and to actually see it live and to come, you know, to fruition. It's a really good sign, especially when your, 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 your interior offensive line is overhauled and all that stuff. So um, that, that's my take on that. The media and fans were the ones with the drama. Um, yeah, in regards to the Stefan Diggs situation, I would 100%, you know, agree with that. I think it was overblown. But it's also, you know, when when, you're, when your best receiver is doing what he was doing in the offseason, it's kind of, you know, there's going to be some bag for concern on um, if things aren't taken care of. So I understand, like, the the urgency to be like, what's going on with our guy? Like, what, what's going on? But, you know, he, he squashed all those question, he, questions. He wants to be a bill for life. Um, a couple more takeaways from today. Um, you know, Trey White. I mean, dude, after a after a kind of a rough day on on a Sunday today, totally different story. Um, on Sunday, Stephon Diggs beat him on one v ones three times in a row, and you could see the frustration with Trey White. He comes out there today and has himself a day. Um, first play one v one with Diggs, of course, the first matchup of the day um, during one v ones. Diggs tries to get across his face um, with his stem. Trey White a little like. He, he got across his face. Trey White makes the play, recovers, bats the ball down. Great play by Trey. Um, and then during team drills, he had a couple of nice pass breakups on Game Davis as well. So Trey White, phenomenal practice today. Um, and he's looking to build. And if the Bills can get him at close to that all-pro caliber form with the safeties back and with whoever wins that CB2 battle, it's going to be fun. A couple under-the-radar guys, Quentin Morris, Reggie Gilliam. They're, dude, they're consistent players. Like, they're – they're always reliable. You you know what you're going to get out of them. They're good blockers. Uh, they can they can make an impact in the receiving game. So I like both of those guys. Um, they they, they got in some packages today with the first team offense. Um, a, a lot of five wide today. Um, with Kincaid, Knox, just mi- mixing and matching, seeing what you got, seeing seeing what playmakers can make the play. Um, so in, in Gilliam and Quentin Morris are one of those guys, or two guys that got the chance to do that. Um, Allen, I mean. Besides a pick yesterday and a botched, it was weird. He was in shotgun today, dropped the snap for some reason. He, he, I don't know if he like went to go back and throw it and it kind of fell out of his hands or something like that, but he's been methodical, patient, um, accurate. Uh, you, you see his elusiveness still outside the pocket, making the throws on the run, doing all that stuff. So Allen's been nothing but himself, almost looks like he's in midseason form. I think he's getting a rapport with the new guys. Like I said, he's trusting them. He's trusting the offense more. It's, it's another year in the system. Like the, Ken Dorsey was a first-year offensive coordinator last year, and he had amazing success. Now, I know it didn't end the way everyone wanted it to, and they hit a lull, and I think they went through a lot emotionally that you know all the players have talked about. But it, it's been incredible to see Stephon Diggs um, and Josh Allen, that connection, come back to life, um, and it, it never went away. But to come back to life and, and to put all that stuff in the past, I, I think Josh Allen has had a great, great training camp uh, so far, and he, he's going to continue to do that. Um, let's see some more. Uh, I talked about the Philly special a little bit. Yeah, he had – so it was a Philly special. Um, he put – Dawson Knox was in line on the left side of the offensive line. He put Gabe Davis in motion. Gabe Davis came across the formation. Uh, Gabe Davis handed, handed it back to Dawson Knox. And then Dawson Knox tried to thread the needle at the front pylon to Josh Allen. Josh Allen tried to, you know, reach it up with one hand because he was probably trying to make the highlight one-handed catch play uh, during practice. And Teron Johnson 
made the play, landed on him, walked up with a slight limp, didn't get any attention by the trainers. So it was a scary moment, but it looked like he, he seemed to be okay. He was signing autographs after. Um, so he looked, you know, he looked fine, but it was scary. But I will say the defense, good for the defense to, you know, realize the play that was coming, to read the trickery and to know, you know, to get the stop in the red zone. That's a big thing. You you, you want the offense to be good, but in the red zone, but when, you're, when your defense is making plays, it's a good thing to have. Uh, let's see. Yeah, middle linebacker. So Terrell Bernard got the reps today, uh, majority of the reps at middle linebacker. Terrell Dodson did yesterday. Um, not much to note on that. I think it's an open competition. I think Balen Spector, um, there's a comment here, I believe. Yeah, so John Roberts says, both Jordan and Micah like Balen Spector um, at middle linebacker. So it was interesting today. Brandon Bean spoke to Tom Palacero, and he mentioned, when speaking about the linebackers, Terrell Dodson and Terrell Bernard in terms of making a nice play in the screen game today, Balen Spector's in the mix, but those are the two guys that are standing out right now. So I don't know if that was, you know, indicative of where they're going to go. Maybe it was smoke. Maybe, maybe Balen Spector is who they really like. Cause you know, to John's point, Jordan Poyer did say when Balen Spector was in there on day two of camp, he had commanded the huddle. He was getting his hands on balls. Um, he almost had a near pick on Josh Allen. So Balen Spector's had a really good day when he got the opportunity. Um, but right now it looks to be Terrell Bernard and Terrell Dotson as the leader of the pack. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how that progresses um, moving forward. The offensive line, defensive line today with the pads on, um, it was a pretty stationary battle. I, I wouldn't say one side or the other one, uh, uh, one play that comes to mind that was really cool. Greg Rousseau lined up in the interior, which is not his normal position. He's an edge guy. So Rousseau was lined up in the middle next to Leonard Floyd, Leonard Floyd stunted inside. Basically, <laughs> Leonard Floyd almost took Spencer Brown and Ryan Bates out of the play. And all, all um, Greg Rousseau had to do was get around the edge. Spencer Brown couldn't recover in time and won the rep. So it was, a good, it was good to see that they're willing to maybe move these guys around. Greg Rousseau can line up in the middle. He's big. He's tall. He has the hands. He can get his hands up. Um, he's been a great run stopper so far throughout his, his career. That's, that's one thing that has been consistent. The sacks have been coming and coming and coming, and he's been getting better and better and better. But his ability to um, – you know, stop the run has always been there. So I think moving him on the inside, giving them different looks, it, it was really cool to see Greg Rousseau lined up on the inside. Leonard Floyd with a beautiful stunt in the inside, taking not only the right guard and right tackle out of the play, and, and Rousseau got around the edge for, you know, what, what would have been a sack. There was no quarterback. It was a straight-up offensive line versus defensive line um, reps. A couple more notes from uh, Sunday's practice. Um, you know, Puna Ford, like I said, makes the play of the day. Um it was awesome to see the uh, Bills owner, Kim Pagula, at practice. Um, just, you know, kind of, you know, I feel like it's a sigh of relief for, you know, all of Bills fans and, you know, honestly, the whole country and anyone in the NFL community. She's been such a great, um, you know, leader for young women and all that stuff. So, you know, props to Kim for coming out and, you know, enjoying a nice practice. Hopefully that can continue and she can get herself you know, more, more in tuned and maybe, you know, come to a couple more things and, but, you know, We'll see how it goes, and I'm just glad that she was able to, you know, come to a practice, and, you know, Josh Allen was speaking to her after practice. So really good to see that, you know, things that last year, you know, DeMar Hamlin, another one, like DeMar Hamlin's out there, you know, during special teams drills, full contact, boom, like just blocking, and it's just like, wow. Uh, you know, it's pretty phenomenal to see a guy that, after all he's went through and all the, you know, the, the mental strain that you have to go out there first day of pads and just, you know, 
this is my job. This is what I love to do. And he, he spoke about that um, after the practice today, just, just his ability to, you know, I love football and, and that's what I was, you know, made to do kind of. Um, so pre- pretty emotional on, on that front to see Hamlin out there. Really, really uh, a good day for him. He's going to be a great special teams contributor and be that depth at the safety room. Um, so th- those are some other stories. Um, do you guys have any questions? I'm trying to, I'm going to try and find a couple more notes that I have here, but overall um, a really good, a really good couple of days for the offense and a really good couple of days for the defense as well. I, I think both sides have played good football. The defense has made plays when they've had to, and the offense is, you know, spreading the ball all over the place with obviously Stefan Diggs and Dalton Kincaid being the two main guys um, on the receiving out of Josh Allen targets. So, I mean, Kincaid being the, the second the guy behind Diggs already. I know it's early and that might not happen during the year, but just for purposes this early for a first round pick with how the Bills use their rookies and utilize them, it's pretty astonishing that Kincaid is, uh, you know, involved so much in the offense at this point. Tackling needs to be addressed because we were horrible. Yeah. Um, I think Taylor Rapp will help with that. Uh, I think the, the tackling obviously does need to be better. That's something that struggled. Um, did they run any, uh, Red zone offense. You know, we've been at the bottom of that for a few years. Yeah. Uh, well, they haven't been at the bottom of that. They've scored uh, the most touchdowns in the NFL uh, or, you know, top three for touchdowns in the NFL the last couple of years. The red zone offense struggled last year more because of the the turnovers so that the the turnovers really killed the the red zone efficiency. But the red zone offense was still good. It just it, some sometimes the turnovers really brought that efficiency down. Um, I, I like the I like the red zone offense. They look they have great spacing. Um, you know, the, sometimes last year, I think some people thought it was too tight and they were all sometimes like getting confused and in the same spot, the receivers, um, I'm saying. So I think they did a good job spreading the guys out, getting, you know, they scored a touchdown to uh, Stefan Diggs today and Josh Allen even handled the quarterback draw on Sunday, which, hey, you got to protect Josh Allen and I get that. But Josh Allen on a QB draw from the five yard line is uh, pretty exceptional. Um, how was Von has Von Miller been visible at practice? Yes. So Von Miller, um, working off to the side today. Um, again, he has not been ruled out for a week one per Brandon Bean today, talking to Tom Pelissero at NFL Network. So Von Miller could make an appearance um here soon, maybe come off the PUP. Um, but if he doesn't, I'm sure he'll be put on the PUP once the season starts. He'll get the four-week break because you have to. Um, the difference for the PUP is when you're on the PUP in the in, during training camp, you can be removed from it any time. Once the regular season starts. If you're designated to the PUP, which is the physically unable to perform list, you got to wait the four weeks before you can return to action and practice again. So I'm hoping that Von Miller gets those reps in training camp. He mentioned that's what he needs if he wants to get back earlier, you know, and better than later. He wants to be back sooner rather than later. Um, so we'll see where that goes. He, he was working off to the side today, you know, just a, a sleeve on his leg. Um, you know, he looks good. He's not, he's not, he's not totally there yet. You can tell he's, um, he's not totally there yet. He's not as explosive off that leg that he tore his ACL with, but he, he looks good. He, he, you know, he's a freak. He's a freak athlete. He's been through this before. He's torn his ACL before. So I think mentally, you know, what you saw with Trey White, I think Von Miller mentally is in a better, better mindset just because of his experience going through it. And I think he's a very positive guy with, and I think he loves it in Buffalo. Like, I think that's another thing with Von is he told Leonard Floyd, if you, it, his pitch to Leonard Floyd was this. And he said this to the media um, after the first day of uh, practice was, if you if you love football, come here. 
And and that's what Von Miller has kind of said to multiple players that he's tried to recruit here. Like, if you love football, come to Buffalo. Like, it's just a, such a fun time. It's the cult. The culture is great. The really talented team and all that put together. I mean, now Leonard Floyd's a bill and that could be a key signing. Um, so that that was pretty cool. Who's this? That's great to hear. I'm in Alabama. So you to be a Bills fans. I get a lot of trash. The trash talk about that's fine. Yeah. Um, and then I'm also regard Grussell, Brandon Bean mentioned today. He liked what he saw from him in pads. AJ Apanessa was getting some first team reps um, with across from Rousseau replacing Leonard Floyd. So that was good to see. And overall, just a really the defensive line, offensive line, everything. Um, I'm really happy with, like I said, Kyrie Elam. We'll see how that goes. It's going to be a fun battle to watch. Quentin Morris, Jay Sternberger for the you know, tight end three spot. That's been a back and forth. Jay Sternberger had a nice play today. And um, so did Quentin Morris. He caught a touchdown as well. So um, I'll, I'll touch on a couple more things here. Uh, Deontay Hardy. I mean, dude, the guy can just separate. Every every 1v1 is just his advantage. Is his advantage. Uh, he beat Micah Hyde today, got like six yards of separation. Allen fired a beautiful ball down the field towards the sideline on a crossing route, um, you know, about 30 yards. Just beautiful ball placement, beautiful route, and a, and a beautiful play altogether. Deontay Hardy is looking like the guy that they signed him for. They signed him to a contract to be – you know, an impact player. He's got the, all the, you know, the ones on the kick return duties, the ones with the punt return duties. He did have a muff Sunday, um, but he's looked good. He's looked good there. So there, the Deontay Hardy has been exceptional and phenomenal. So that that's, uh, that's where that's at. Uh, Tommy Doyle is a guy that um, some people have asked about. He, he's been working with the threes, some of the times with the twos, he's fighting for a roster spot. If you can show that position versatility and play on the outside, um, if Spencer Brown goes down or something like that. So if he can show his versatility, I think that's important. Um, so a couple more things. Let's see here. Um... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Matt Perino talked about a UDFA tackle to watch today. Um, Richard Guraj was outstanding in two-on-twos during an early portion of practice. On one rep against second-year pass rusher Kingsley Jonathan, um, Guraj showed off some impressive get-off, shutting down Jonathan and running him out of the play. Um, so so that's a guy that can play into the mix of that, that with that tackle depth. I think Brandon Shell and David Crossenberry were the presumed guys that were in the running to back up uh, Spencer Brown, but Garage is a guy that can be – Maybe a maybe a dark horse roster candidate if he continues to to do well and play, you know, have a good have a good training camp. So could the newly signed Isabella Whiteout win a special teams position? Andy Isabella has been getting reps with the special teamers. Um he's he's you know, he's ran a couple of nice routes. He beat Saran Neal today for a nice little, you know, a little zigzag route over the middle. It was a nice, it was a nice uh, route by Isabella. He's got speed, man. Like he hasn't lost his step yet. You can tell he's got that explosion, but man, is he tiny. Like his, his shorts. Because they probably just brought him in, and I don't know if they had the right equipment, but his shorts are so low because um, he's just he's so tiny. Um, so it's pretty funny. But yeah, Isabella's look good. 
Um, he he could make the roster. I, I doubt it just because I think Darrington Evans has also been back there and has done a good job. And I think Shakir and Hardy are, are, the, are the top two return guys on this team for now. So um, I, I doubt Isabella can make a, a roster spot, but he, he can compete. He can make guys better. He has the speed. Maybe he's a guy that, that comes to the practice squad. He, he's a guy that wants to rejuvenate his career. He's only, you know, he hasn't done that well in his career um, so far. He's, you know, not started much and stuff like that as a former second round pick. He was actually drafted ahead of DK Metcalf and Deontay Johnson. If you can believe that one um, in, in 2019. So crazy, crazy. Um, yeah. Andy, Andy Isabella, that John Robert talking about that speed. He ran a four, three, one forty yard dash. So like I said, he has the speed, he has straight line ability, but I just question if he can get himself into the offense and with so much talent ahead of him, I just find it hard for him to, you know, make a splash play or uh, make a make a case for a roster spot unless he, you know, unless in preseason he's like unguardable and like Kyle Allen or Matt Barkley are just delivering like bullets um, to Isabella. Um, but any more questions before I uh, head out of here? I'm headed up to training camp tomorrow for the second day of pads, so I am excited for that, um, and it'll be. It'll be a, a, a fun day. Hopefully they ramp it up a little more tomorrow. Today was a lighter day. And yesterday, or beg your pardon, Sunday was, you know, more of a heavy day with more team drills. Today, not as much, much team stuff, but they still work some stuff in. They focused a lot on the run game today, a lot of gap runs, a lot of zone runs. So um, James Cook, spend the feature back. Oh, all right. This is what I'll end it with. This is what I'll end it with. James Cook. Um, yesterday was the player – was the player of the day. James Cook was phenomenal. Um, just a, an overall great day from James Cook. He has a big role ahead of him uh, heading into this year. And on on Sunday, he just looked, you know, ready to take that workload right on. Um, he, he He's very versatile. He can do it in the run game. He can do it, you know, very good outside the numbers or outside the boundary and runs. He's very good um, in, in the receiving game as well. Uh, and, and yesterday or Sunday, the, the throw of the day was a wheel route. James Cook used his speed to get to the second level, pass Micah Hyde, right in the breadbasket. James Cook, touchdown. Uh, it was the throw of the day. I expect big things from James Cook this year. Um, and that would, again, it's it's it comes down to this. And, and I'll actually, I'll finish it with this. Ken Dorsey's creativity is the difference right now for me through these first two, the, the two days I've, I've watched. His ability to, to line up guys all over the place. His ability to, you know, use James Cook. You know, Damian Harris has been exclusively featured in the red zone. He's done a good job with that. Um, he's been a touchdown scorer throughout his career. So I'm really high on what this Bills offense can be. And, and you know, just just the depth across the board there. It's just phenomenal across the board. Ken Dorsey, his creativity so far has done, you know, done really well. Um, and I will, you know, be back tomorrow at St. John Fisher Thanks. Thank you to all the 20 viewers in here. I appreciate that. You know, and the chat was very, very good today. I appreciate that. You guys feel free to come in anytime and ask questions. It helps with the flow of the show and get me more and more used to this, doing this sort of thing. So I appreciate all the comments today, the questions. Again, thank you to my great friend who allowed me to stay here the past couple of days. And um, for all of you who are listening on audio, I greatly appreciate it. Um, you know, I'll say this. Don Kincaid's legit. Allen and Diggs are Back like they never left, which they haven't left. And the defense has looked, you know, has looked good. I'm not, I'm not like the, the offense has won the day, but the defense has looked good. Um, so with that, uh, um, it's your host, AJ Sabalski. 
AJ's analysis. Um, and I will see you guys next Monday. I'm going to try and get a guest on. We're going to talk, you know, the scrimmage, on, the scrimmage is on Friday. There'll be a couple more practices before then. So hopefully more content, more stuff to talk about. Um, and I'll see you guys next time. Thank you all. And uh, have a good night. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.